serve the Lord's table together and want to remind you that next Sunday we'll have a church dinner together. I've entitled this message, Never Man Spake Like This Man. There were some officers who had been sent by the Pharisees to arrest the Lord Jesus. And they come back, verse 45. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, these same ones they had sent to arrest the Lord Jesus. And they said unto them, Why have you not brought him? Verse 46, the officers answered, Never man spake like this man. We have never heard anything like this. Then answered them, the Pharisees, are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? <laughs> like that would be a good reason not to. We don't. But the people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Nicodemus, the man from John chapter 3, saith unto them, he that came to Jesus by night, being one of them, doth our law judge any man before it hear him and know what he doeth? They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. And every man went unto his own house. Verse 46, the officers answered, Never man spake like this Man, a truer statement has never been made. Never man spake like this man. No one ever spoke with the confidence that he spoke with. He said, we speak what we know. We testify what we have seen. And really, when the Lord uses the we in reference to that, he is speaking as a spokesman, really, to every believer. Every believer can say, by his grace, we speak what we know. And we testify what we have seen. Everything he said was absolute truth. No lies. No exaggeration, utter sincerity. No attempt to project an image. No manipulation. Never in the history of the universe has any man spake as this man. So 
clear, so lucid, so convincing. Is it any wonder that Mary sat at his feet and heard his word? Would to God that that's what takes place this morning, that we are enabled by his spirit to sit at his feet and hear his word. Would you turn with me for a moment to Matthew chapter 7? Now this is after the Sermon on the Mount. What a sermon. And this is how the people concluded what, this is the conclusion they came up with after they heard this glorious message where the Lord begins this sermon by telling us who is blessed. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. They'd never heard anything like this. And here their conclusion in Matthew chapter 7, verse 28. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes, the religious leaders. Although his manner of speech was like no other man, it was the content of his speech that demonstrated his authority. I don't think there's anything more powerful in the New Testament when the Lord says, you've heard of it said of them of old, and then he would quote a scripture. But I say unto you, I say unto you, I'm the one who determines what it means. I'm the one who wrote this book. I say unto you. Not one time did the Lord ever say, thus saith the Lord. He said, I say unto you. He spake with the same authority that God speaks with because he is God. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. Everything he said recommended itself as nothing less than God's literal words. Never man spake like this man. He could make promises that only he could keep. Come unto me. What a command. I'm glad this is said in the form of a command. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now we could spend our lifetime on this verse and never exhaust it, but since this statement was made in the 
book of John, I want to spend the remainder of our time in John considering the words which he spake that were like no other man. No one has ever spake as this man. Now, in John chapter 1, his first recorded words, I'm not going to ask you to turn with me to all these passages of Scripture. I'm going to quote them, but I want you to listen. His first recorded words in the book of John is, What seek ye? What seek ye? Right now. What seek ye? And they replied, Where dwellest thou? And you know what he said? Come and see. Come and see. He's not holding us off. Come and see. His word to Nathaniel when he said, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. And Nathaniel's reply was, Whence knowest thou me? How do you know me? And then he said, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Now he's speaking as one who is omnipresent, one who is omniscient, one who is omnipotent. Before Philip saw thee, when you were sitting under the fig tree with nobody else around, I saw thee. And it's my prayer that that's said of every one of us right now. That the Lord sees and knows me. In chapter 2, when he saw the temple money exchangers, he made a whip and drove them out, saying, Take these things hence, make not my father's house. And when he said that, he was saying, this is my house. I and my father are one. Equal with God. Take these things hence and make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And they said, who gave you the authority to do this? And he said, destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. No man ever spake like this man. In John chapter 3, we read of him speaking with Nicodemus. And he said to Nicodemus, Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. You must be born from above. You know what he's saying when he says that? To Nicodemus, this man who was a ruler of the Jews, he says, you're so dead in sins. You're so depraved. You're so without understanding that you must be born again. God's got to give you life because you're dead. 
you must be born again. He said in that same chapter to Nicodemus, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, crucified, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him. Listen to this. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. I love when the Lord calls himself the only begotten Son. This is exactly what David was talking about in the Psalms when he said, This day have I begotten thee. This begetting of the Son is not an event of time. It's a fact. He's the eternal, only begotten Son of God. The express image of the Father. Never man spake like this man. In John chapter 4, it says he must needs go through Samaria because there's a, there was an appointment that he was going to keep. And he says to this poor, ignorant woman, this Samaritan woman, he'd been talking with Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews, the religious man. Now he says to this poor, ignorant woman, if you knew the gift of God. Now remember this about the gift of God. There's no strings attached. He doesn't need anything from you. If you knew the gift, the free gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, you would have asked, and he would have given thee living water. Never man spake like this man. She later on said, I have no idea what you're talking about. But I know when Messiah comes, he'll tell us all things. I that speak unto thee am he. Never man spake like this man. In John chapter 5, after he had healed the impotent man, a great message began. And during the course of that message, he said, as the Father raises the dead, 
and quickens them. Even so, the Son quickens, gives life to whom he will. Now, only God can give life. He says, I give life. Only God gives life to whom he will. Absolute sovereignty. I give life to whom I will. Never man spake like this man in that same chapter. He said, you search the scriptures. And these people were students of the scripture. They read the Bible. You search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. Never man spake like this man. In the sixth chapter of John, we have the great message at Capernaum, where after that message, all of his hearers, with the exception of the twelve, left him. From that time forth, many of his disciples went forth and left him and walked no more with him. What did he say in this message? They asked him, what must we do that we might work the works of God? Good question. Listen to his answer. This is the work of God. Here it is. Listen up. This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. You believe he was before he was sent. When he was sent, he came in the flesh. And whatever it was he was sent to do, he did. You believe that. And he looks at these people and says to them, you've seen me and you believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. You don't believe, but there's some who will. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Never man spake like this man. He said, the words that I speak unto you, their spirit and their life. And you can't come to me except it were given to you of my Father, never man spake like this man. We read those words in John chapter 7, our text. Never man spake like this man. I love the way this uh, chapter opens. He says to his brothers and his sisters, his physical siblings, the world cannot hate you, but me it hateth because I testify of it that the works thereof are 
evil. All the works thereof are evil. That's my testimony. And he said in that same chapter, if any man thirst, would that be you? If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Never man spake like this man. In John chapter 8, when that woman was taken with adultery, he said to her, after he said, He that's without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. They all left. He said, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. He said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Never man spake like this man. He said in that same chapter to his enemies, You are of your father, the devil. And the lusts of your father, you'll do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He abode not in the truth. He's a liar and the father of it. You're of your father, the devil. Nobody spake like that. Only the Lord could. He said, he that's of God heareth God's words. You therefore hear them not because you are not of God. Never man spake like this man. He ended that eighth chapter with these words. Before Abraham was, I am. I am the one who spoke from the burning bush to Moses. Before Abraham was, I am. And then that ninth chapter after healing that man that had been blind from birth and he gave him sight. He said for judgment, I'm coming to this world that they that see not might see. And that they would see might be made blind. Now think of what he says. There's somebody that says, I can't see why God would ever save me. You're going to see. I can see why it saved me. You're going to be made blind. The Pharisee said, are we blind also? If you were blind, he said, you'd have no sin. But now you say we see. Therefore, your sin remains. No man ever spake like this man. In John Chapter 10, the great passage with regard to the shepherd and the sheep. 
He said, I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. He laid down his life for the sheep. Who are the sheep? Well, the Pharisees said in John chapter 10, If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. He said, I told you plainly. He said, you believe not because you're not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man can take them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then they picked up stones to stone him. In John 11... When he raised Lazarus from the dead. He'd not done it yet. And Martha says, if you'd been here, my brother had not died. And he said, your brother will live again. And she said, I know he'll live after the resurrection of the last day. He said, I am the resurrection. That passage of scripture you read in 1 Corinthians 15. I am the resurrection. It's not an event. I'm it. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Do you believe this? He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whoso liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? What about these words? Lazarus, come forth. He that was dead came forth. Oh, I pray that's what's taking place right now. Lazarus, come forth. Could Lazarus have said no? <laughs> of course not. Never man spake like this man. In John chapter 12, he said, the hours come that the Son of Man shall be glorified. Father, glorify thy name. He said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, speaking of his crucifixion, will draw all men to me. Now, obviously, he's not talking about all men without exception. But he's talking about all the elect. Every one of those people will be drawn irresistibly and invincibly to him. He said in chapter 13, you call me master and Lord. And you say, well, for so I am. Never man spake like this man. He said, a new commandment give I unto thee, that you love one another as I have loved you. And at the end of that chapter, he tells Peter, Peter, 
you're going to deny me three times. And his next breath is, let not your heart be troubled. Never man spake like this man. You believe in God, believe also. Even so, believe in me and my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then he gives this glorious statement in chapter 14. I am the way. Not I'll show you the way. Not I'll lead you along the way. I'm it. I am the truth. Do you hear that? He is the truth. He's truth embodied. If you don't know him, you don't know the truth. I am the truth. I am the life. Not I'll give you life. I'm it. I'm the life. If you're going to have life before God, it's going to have to be my life. And you can't come into God's presence except you're in me. And I bring you into his presence. No man comes to the Father but by me. Philip said, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. He said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Never man spake like this man. He said in chapter 15, I am the vine and you are the branches. Without me, severed from me, you can do what? Nothing. He didn't say hardly anything. He said nothing. He said, listen to these words, as the Father hath loved me. Now how'd the Father love him? Let me tell you something, it wasn't unconditional love. <laughs> he loved him because he's altogether lovely, because he's perfect. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Never man spake like this man when he speaks of the work of the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16. He says, when he has come, he says, I have many things to say unto you, but you can't bear them right now. But when he's come, he will convict, reprove, convince the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Those three things. He'll convince the world of sin because they believe not on me. Now, when you're convicted by the Holy Spirit, you find out that you can't believe, and it's out of your hands. The only way you can do it is if he gives you that faith. You can't believe. Have you ever found out that you can't believe? And then you find yourself believing, and you can't not believe when he gives you faith. When he has come, he'll convince the world of righteousness because I go to my Father. You're going to be convinced that the only righteousness there is is that righteousness that he presents to the Father. That's your righteousness. You'll be convinced that judgment 
because the prince of this world is judged, you'll be convinced that all judgment took place on the cross. That's when it took place. Uh, on that final day, it's just going to be the carrying out of the sentences. Judgment took place on the cross. He said in the end of chapter 16, these things have I spoken unto you that in me, in me, you might have peace. You're not going to have any peace in yourself. In me, you might have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And that opens his great high priestly prayer for his people. In John chapter 17, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes unto heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. And he's talking about the hour of his death. The reason he came was to die, to put away the sins of his people, to glorify his father. Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also might glorify thee. Thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work thou gavest me to do. I pray for them. I pray not for the world but for them which you have given me. That's who the Lord prayed for. You remember when he said, you've not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And then in chapter 18, when they came to arrest him, he said, whom seek ye? Jesus of Nazareth, I am. And they fell backwards driven back by irresistible almighty power. They were made to see who's in control of this situation. It's not them. Whom seek ye? Jesus of Nazareth, I am. They were driven backwards. You know, the Lord's telling them, even at that time, I'm not in your hands. You're in mine. He said, the cup which my father hath given me to drink. Now, do you remember in Gethsemane's garden when he said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me? And he's sweating great drops of blood, the thought of drinking into himself the sins of his people. But then he says, the cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? That's when he was made sin in the room instead of his people. And he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Do you hear that? My kingdom 
is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight that I should not be delivered. But my kingdom is not from hence. I came to bear witness to the truth. And oh, how he bore witness to the truth of God's character, to the truth of man's character, to the truth of salvation when he was nailed to that cross. In John chapter 19, he said, I thirst. Oh, how he thirsted for his father when he was forsaken by his father. I thirst. Oh, don't you love it when Pilate says in that chapter, don't you know that I have power to crucify you and I have power to release you? He said, thou couldst have no power at all over me except it be given thee from above. Listen to these words. It is finished. Salvation is finished. Never man spake like this man. After the resurrection in chapter 20, he said, Peace be unto you. And he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they understood that their whole salvation was found in what he did. They were glad. Now I want you to turn with this one. John 21. Verse 18. He's speaking to Simon Peter. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands. And another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Church tradition, if that can be believed, says Peter was crucified. And that seems to be what is said in that passage of Scripture when he stretches forth his hands. And from what I understand, they say he was crucified upside down because he said he did not deserve to be crucified in the same manner the Lord did. But what a gruesome death. He tells him, you're going to stretch forth your hands. They're going to nail you to a cross and you're going to be carried where you did not want to be carried. Now, look at this next statement, verse 19. This spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. Now, what kind of man is it? That if you're nailed to a cross, that death would actually glorify God. 
the God-man. Never man spake like this man. I love what he said to the thief. When the thief said, Lord, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, he said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Never man spake like this man. Let's pray. Lord, how we thank you for your glorious son. And Lord, we believe from the depths of our heart that it's true that never man spake like him. He's utterly, only unique. He is altogether lovely. And Lord, we confess that all of our salvation is in him. And Lord, I ask in Christ's name that you would speak to each heart here. Quicken the dead as an act of your sovereign holy will. And give us the grace to rest in what he said. Lord, enable us to believe on him whom you have sent. In his name we pray. Amen.